0: Section 13 of Meditations from the Pen of Mrs. Maria W. Stewart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Meditations from the Pen of Mrs. Maria W. Stewart, by Maria W. Stewart. An Address Delivered at the African Masonic Hall, Boston, February twenty seventh, 1833 African Rights and Liberty is a subject that ought to fire the breast of every free man of color in these United States, and excite in his bosom a lively, deep, decided, and heartfelt interest. WHEN I CAST MY EYES ON THE LONG LIST OF ILLUSTRIOUS NAMES THAT ARE ENROLLED ON THE BRIGHT ANNALS OF FAME AMONG THE WHITES, I TURN MY EYES WITHIN, AND ASK MY THOUGHTS, WHERE ARE THE NAMES OF OUR ILLUSTRIOUS ONES? IT MUST CERTAINLY HAVE BEEN FOR THE WANT OF ENERGY ON THE PART OF THE FREE PEOPLE OF COLOR THAT THEY HAVE BEEN LONG WILLING TO BEAR THE yoke OF OPPRESSION. It must have been the want of ambition and force that has given the whites occasion to say that our natural abilities are not as good, and our capacities by nature inferior to theirs. They boldly assert that did we possess a natural independence of soul and feel a love for liberty within our breasts, some one of our sable race long before this would have testified it notwithstanding the disadvantages under which we labor. We have made ourselves appear altogether unqualified to speak in our own defense, and are therefore looked upon as objects of pity and commiseration. We have been imposed upon, insulted and derided on every side, and now, if we complain, it is considered as the height of impertinence." WE HAVE SUFFERED OURSELVES TO BE CONSIDERED AS BASTARDS, COWARDS, MEAN, FAINT-HEARTED WRETCHES, AND ON THIS ACCOUNT, NOT BECAUSE OF OUR COMPLEXION, MANY DESPISE US, AND WOULD GLADLY SPURN US FROM THEIR PRESENCE. THESE THINGS HAVE FIRED MY SOUL WITH A HOLY INDIGNATION, AND COMPELLED ME THUS TO COME FORWARD AND ENDEAVOR TO TURN THEIR ATTENTION TO KNOWLEDGE AND IMPROVEMENT, FOR KNOWLEDGE IS POWER. I would ask, is it blindness of mind, or stupidity of soul, or the want of education that has caused our men who are sixty or seventy years of age never to let their voices be heard, nor their hands be raised in behalf of their color? Or has it been for fear of offending the whites? If it has, O ye fearful ones, throw off your fearfulness and come forth in the name of the Lord, AND IN THE STRENGTH OF THE GOD OF JUSTICE, AND MAKE YOURSELVES USEFUL AND ACTIVE MEMBERS IN SOCIETY, FOR THEY ADMIRE A NOBLE AND PATRIOTIC SPIRIT IN OTHERS, AND SHOULD THEY NOT ADMIRE IT IN US? IF YOU ARE MEN, CONVINCE THEM THAT YOU POSSESS THE SPIRIT OF MEN, AND AS YOUR DAY SO SHALL YOUR STRENGTH BE. HAVE THE SONS OF AFRICA NO SOULS? Feel they no ambitious desires? Shall the chains of ignorance forever confine them? Shall the insipid appellation of clever negroes or good creatures any longer content them? Where can we find among ourselves the man of science or a philosopher or an able statesman or a counsellor at law? Show me our fearless and brave... Our noble and gallant ones. Where are our lecturers on natural history, and our critics in useful knowledge? There may be a few such men among us, but they are rare. It is true, our fathers bled and died in the Revolutionary War, and others fought bravely under the command of Jackson in defense of liberty. But where is the man that has distinguished himself in these modern days by acting wholly in the defense of African rights and liberty? There was one, although he sleeps, his memory lives. I am sensible that there are many highly intelligent gentlemen of color in these United States, in the force of whose arguments, doubtless, I should discover my inferiority. But if they are blessed with wit and talent, friends, and fortune, why have they not made themselves men of eminence by striving to take all the reproach that is cast upon the people of colour, and in endeavouring to alleviate the woes of their brethren in bondage? Talk without effort is nothing. You are abundantly capable, gentlemen, of making yourselves men of distinction, "'and this gross neglect on your part "'causes my blood to boil within me. "'Here is the grand cause "'which hinders the rise and progress "'of the people of color. "'It is the want of laudable ambition "'and requisite courage. "'Individuals have been distinguished "'according to their genius and talents "'ever since the first formation of man, "'and will continue to be While THE WORLD STANDS. THE DIFFERENT GRADES RISE TO HONOR AND RESPECTABILITY AS THEIR MERITS MAY DESERVE. HISTORY INFORMS US THAT WE SPRUNG FROM ONE OF THE MOST LEARNED NATIONS OF THE WHOLE EARTH, FROM THE SEAT, IF NOT THE PARENT OF SCIENCE. YES, POOR DESPISED AFRICA WAS ONCE THE RESORT OF SAGES AND LEGISLATORS OF OTHER NATIONS, WAS ESTEEMED THE SCHOOL OF LEARNING, and the most illustrious men of Greece flocked thither for instruction. But it was our gross sins and abominations that provoked the Almighty to frown thus heavily upon us and give our glory unto others. Sin and prodigality have caused the downfall of nations, kings and emperors, and were it not that God in wrath remembers mercy, we might indeed despair. But a promise is left us, Ethiopia shall again stretch forth her hands unto God. But it is no use for us to boast that we sprung from this learned and enlightened nation, for this day a thick mist of moral gloom hangs over millions of our race. Our condition, as a people, has been low for hundreds of years, and it will continue to be so unless, by true piety and virtue, we strive to regain that which we have lost white americans by their prudence economy and exertions have sprung up and become one of the most flourishing nations in the world distinguished for their knowledge of the arts and sciences for their polite literature while our minds are vacant and starving for want of knowledge theirs are filled to overflowing most of our color have been taught to stand in fear of the white man from their earliest infancy to work as soon as they could walk and to call master before they scarce could lisp the name of mother continual fear and laborious servitude have in some degree lessened in us that natural force and energy which belong to man or else in defiance of opposition our men before this would have nobly and boldly contended for their rights. But give the man of colour an equal opportunity with the white from the cradle to manhood, and from manhood to the grave, and you would discover the dignified statesman, the man of science, and the philosopher. But there is no such opportunity for the sons of Africa, and I fear that our powerful ones are fully determined that there never shall be forbid ye powers on high that it should any longer be said that our men possess no force o ye sons of africa when will your voices be heard in our legislative halls in defiance of your enemies contending for equal rights and liberty how can you when you reflect from what you have fallen refrain from crying mightily unto god to turn away from us the fierceness of his anger and remember our transgressions against us no more for ever but a god of infinite purity will not regard the prayers of those who hold religion in one hand and prejudice sin and pollution in the other he will not regard the prayers of self-righteousness and hypocrisy is it possible i exclaim that for the want of knowledge we have labored for hundreds of years TO SUPPORT OTHERS, AND BEEN CONTENT TO RECEIVE WHAT THEY CHOOSE TO GIVE US IN RETURN. CAST YOUR EYES ABOUT. LOOK AS FAR AS YOU CAN SEE. ALL, ALL IS OWNED BY THE LORDLY WHITE, EXCEPT HERE AND THERE A LOWLY DWELLING WHICH THE MAN OF COLOUR, midst DEPRIVATIONS, FRAUD, AND OPPOSITION, HAS BEEN SCARCE ABLE TO PROCURE. Like King Solomon, who put neither nail nor hammer to the temple, yet received the praise, so also have the white Americans gained themselves a name, like the names of the great men that are in the earth, while in reality we have been their principal foundation and support. We have pursued the shadow, they have obtained the substance. We have performed the labor, they have received the profits we have planted the vines they have eaten the fruits of them i would implore our men and especially our rising youth to flee from the gambling board and the dance hall for we are poor and have no money to throw away i do not consider dancing as criminal in itself but it is astonishing to me that our young men are so blind to their own interest and the future welfare of their children, as to spend their hard earnings for this frivolous amusement. For it has been carried on among us to such an unbecoming extent that it has become absolutely disgusting. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Had those men among us who have had an opportunity turned their attention as assiduously to mental and moral improvement as they have to gambling and dancing i might have remained quietly at home and they stood contending in my place these polite accomplishments will never enrol your names on the bright annals of fame who admire the bell void of intellectual knowledge or applaud the dandy that talks largely on politics without striving to assist his fellow in the revolution WHEN THE NERVES AND MUSCLES OF EVERY OTHER MAN FORCED HIM INTO THE FIELD OF ACTION. YOU HAVE A RIGHT TO REJOICE, AND TO LET YOUR HEARTS CHEER YOU IN THE DAYS OF YOUR YOUTH. YET REMEMBER THAT FOR ALL THESE THINGS GOD WILL BRING YOU INTO JUDGMENT. THEN, O YE SONS OF AFRICA, TURN YOUR MIND FROM THESE PERISHABLE OBJECTS, AND CONTEND FOR THE CAUSE OF GOD AND THE RIGHTS OF MAN. Form yourselves into temperance societies, there are temperate men among you, then why will you any longer neglect to strive, by your example, to suppress vice in all its abhorrent forms? You have been told repeatedly of the glorious results arising from temperance, and can you bear to see the whites arising in honor and respectability without endeavoring to grasp after that honor and respectability also? but I forbear. Let our money, instead of being thrown away as heretofore, be appropriated for schools and seminaries of learning for our children and youth. We ought to follow the example of the whites in this respect. Nothing would raise our respectability, add to our peace and happiness, and reflect so much honor upon us as to be ourselves the promoters of temperance, and the supporters as far as we are able of useful and scientific knowledge the rays of light and knowledge have been hid from our view we have been taught to consider ourselves as scarce superior to the brute creation and have performed the most laborious part of american drudgery had we as a people received one-half the early advantages the whites have received i would defy the government of these united states to deprive us any longer of our rights i am informed that the agent of the colonization society has recently formed an association of young men for the purpose of influencing those of us to go to liberia who may feel disposed the colonizationists are blind to their own interest for should the nations of the earth make war with America, they would find their forces much weakened by our absence, or should we remain here, can our brave soldiers and fellow-citizens, as they were termed in time of calamity, condescend to defend the rights of the whites and be again deprived of their own, or sent to Liberia in return? Or, if the colonizationists are the real friends to Africa, let them expend the money which they collect— in erecting a college to educate her injured sons in this land of gospel light and liberty for it would be most thankfully received on our part and convince us of the truth of their professions and save time expense and anxiety let them place before us noble objects worthy of pursuit and see if we prove ourselves to be those unambitious negroes they term us But, ah, bethinks their hearts are so frozen toward us, they had rather their money should be sunk in the ocean than to administer it to our relief. And I fear if they dared, like Pharaoh king of Egypt, they would order every male child among us to be drowned. But the Most High God is still as able to subdue the lofty pride of these white Americans as he was the heart of that ancient rebel. They say, though we are looked upon as things, yet we sprang from a scientific people. Had our men the requisite force and energy, they would soon convince them by their efforts, both in public and private, that they were men, or things in the shape of men. Well may the colonizationists laugh us to scorn for our negligence. Well may they cry, Shame to the sons of Africa! As the burden of the Israelites was too great for Moses to bear, so also is our burden too great for our noble advocate to bear. You must feel interested, my brethren, in what he undertakes, and hold up his hands by your good works, or in spite of himself his soul will become discouraged, and his heart will die within him. For he has, as it were, the strong bulls of Bashan to contend with, IT IS OF NO USE FOR US TO WAIT ANY LONGER FOR A GENERATION OF WELL-EDUCATED MEN TO ARISE. WE HAVE SLUMBERED AND SLEPT TOO LONG ALREADY. THE DAY IS FAR SPENT. THE NIGHT OF DEATH APPROACHES, AND YOU HAVE SOUND SENSE AND GOOD judgment SUFFICIENT TO BEGIN WITH, IF YOU FEEL DISPOSED TO MAKE A RIGHT USE OF IT. LET EVERY MAN OF COLOR THROUGHOUT THE UNITED STATES, WHO POSSESSES THE SPIRIT AND PRINCIPLES OF A MAN, SIGN A PETITION, TO CONGRESS TO ABOLISH SLAVERY IN THE DISTRICT OF COLUMBIA AND GRANT YOU THE RIGHTS AND PRIVILEGES OF COMMON FREE CITIZENS, FOR IF YOU HAD HAD FAITH AS A GRAIN OF MUSTARD SEED, LONG BEFORE THIS THE MOUNTAINS OF PREJUDICE MIGHT HAVE BEEN REMOVED. WE ARE ALL SENSIBLE THAT THE ANTI-SLAVERY SOCIETY HAS TAKEN HOLD OF THE ARM OF OUR WHOLE POPULATION IN ORDER TO RAISE THEM OUT OF THE MIRE. Now all we have to do is, by a spirit of virtuous ambition, to strive to raise ourselves, and I am happy to have it in my power thus publicly, to say that the colored inhabitants of this city, in some respects, are beginning to improve. Had the free people of color in these United States nobly and boldly contended for their rights, and showed a natural genius and talent, although not so brilliant as some. Had they held up, encouraged, and patronized each other, nothing could have hindered us from being a thriving and flourishing people. There has been a fault among us, the reason why our distinguished men have not made themselves more influential is because they fear that the strong current of opposition through which they must pass would cause their downfall and prove their overthrow. And what gives rise to this opposition? Envy. And what has it amounted to? Nothing. And who are the cause of it? Our whited sepulchers who want to be great and don't know how who love to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, who put on false sanctity and humbled themselves to their brethren for the sake of acquiring the highest place in the synagogue and the uppermost seat at the feast. You, dearly beloved, who are the genuine followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, the salt of the earth and the light of the world, are not so culpable." As I told you in the very first of my writing, I tell you again, I am but a drop in the bucket, as one particle of the small dust of the earth. God will surely raise up those among us who will plead the cause of virtue and the pure principles of morality more eloquently than I am able to do. It appears to me that America has become like the great city of Babylon, for she has boasted in her heart. I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. She is indeed a seller of slaves and the souls of men. She has made the Africans drunk with the wine of her fornication. She has put them completely beneath her feet, and she means to keep them there. Her right hand supports the reins of government, and her left hand the wheel of power. And she is determined not to let go her grasp, BUT MANY POWERFUL SONS AND DAUGHTERS OF AFRICA WILL SHORTLY ARISE, WHO WILL PUT DOWN VICE AND IMMORALITY AMONG US, AND DECLARE BY HIM THAT SITTETH UPON THE THRONE, THAT THEY WILL HAVE THEIR RIGHTS, AND IF REFUSED, I AM AFRAID THEY WILL SPREAD HORROR AND DEVASTATION AROUND. I BELIEVE THAT THE OPPRESSION OF INJURED AFRICA HAS COME UP BEFORE THE MAJESTY OF HEAVEN, AND WHEN OUR CRIES SHALL HAVE REACHED THE EARS OF THE MOST HIGH, IT WILL BE A TREMENDOUS DAY FOR THE PEOPLE OF THIS LAND, FOR STRONG IS THE ARM OF THE LORD GOD ALMIGHTY. LIFE HAS ALMOST LOST ITS CHARMS FOR ME. DEATH HAS LOST ITS STING, AND THE GRAVE ITS TERRORS, AND AT TIMES I HAVE A STRONG DESIRE TO DEPART AND DWELL WITH CHRIST, WHICH IS FAR BETTER. Let me entreat my white brethren to awake and save our sons from dissipation and our daughters from ruin. Lend the hand of assistance to feeble merit. Plead the cause of virtue among our sable race. So shall our curses upon you be turned into blessings. And though you should endeavor to drive us from these shores, still we will cling to you the more firmly. Nor will we attempt to rise above you we will presume to be called your equals only the unfriendly whites first drove the native american from his much-loved home then they stole our fathers from their peaceful and quiet dwellings and brought them hither and made bondmen and bondwomen of them and their little ones they have obliged our brethren to labor kept them in utter ignorance nourished them in vice and raised them in degradation, and now that we have enriched their soil and filled their coffers, they say that we are not capable of becoming like white men, and that we never can rise to respectability in this country. They would drive us to a strange land, but before I go, the bayonet shall pierce me through. African Rights and Liberty is a subject that ought to fire the breast of every free man of color in these United States, and excite in his bosom a lively, deep, decided, and heartfelt interest. End of section 13. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.